Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's show. I'm your host, Zach Drew. And I am Josh Beck. How are you doing today, Zach? I'm doing good. It's a good day. I've been reading some positive articles that show hope for the future. Mm -hmm. uh, there are going to be, <clears throat> listen to me right now, um, there is going to be, in the next few years, a huge battle against homeschoolers and the homeschooling networks. Um, you just wait and you wait and see. It's going to be in a lot of debates. It's going to be a lot of politicians are going to be talking about it. You just you just wait. There is going to be a huge national battle in the next few years concerning homeschooling. Okay, mark my words. You saw the title. Uh, how, how what is the percent increase? It's over thirty eight thousand. Over a thirty eight thousand percent increase in homeschooling in the last 50 years. And that number has went up drastically since COVID, okay? But before we even get into that, I've got to um, let you know that uh, I'm not freaking out, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but I am nervous like every fundraising season. Um, we are a couple weeks into our fundraiser. We have six weeks to raise $40,000 to stay on the air where we're at uh, and concerning all of our Comcast networks, the PTL television network, um, you know, which is Apple TV, Roku, and TLN. And, uh, but the thing is this, we've got to raise $40,000. Mm -hmm. And we're a couple weeks into it. And so far, we have raised a whopping $868. And this seems to happen every year um, towards the end, the last couple of weeks, people come in and but I'll tell you, I mean, I want to be as, as you know, transparent as possible. Um, we are not unlike other ministries. Our ministry donations are down significantly this year. Uh, and I'm feeling the effects of it. This fundraiser is about half of the um, amount that some of our other fundraisers have been, 40000 and And I do want to just thank these people right now. I want to thank uh, Madeline. Harley, uh, Lorena, Betty and Manny, Hollis, Linda, Mary, David and Carol, Carrie and Candy and Jim for contributing to this year's fundraiser. I did have an interest. Listen, we're talking about uh, going on a new network. Um, Josh and I were just before the program, and it's funny even talking about it with raising $868 of the $40,000. But I had a very great conversation with our, I guess you would refer to them as broker, brokers, the middlemen between us and the, and the networks. Our plan is to go off of direct TV as far as World Harvest Television goes when our contract is up, and I believe it's up um, in January. There is a new network that will cost uh, less than half of the price that we were paying. And so if we can raise the full $40,000, what we would do is we would stay on Comcast cable everywhere we're at. So as far as the PTL television network, Roku, Apple TV were there. We would go off Comcast cable in Illinois alone, mm -hmm. which is from the TLN. So if you're watching in Illinois through the PTL, you're still good. We'd go off of TLN and that we would stay on direct TV on this new religious uh, network. Okay. But we have to raise $40,000 and my gosh, do we have... Uh, a long road before us. So if you're considering giving, um, please do. And please consider 
a generous amount. If 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 we don't raise this money, then we're we're going off of TV. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's uh, and that's a scary thing. So please get involved. You can write us uh, and send a, a check. Um, the old-fashioned way to IGBY The Zach Drew Show at P.O. Box 797, Decatur, Illinois, 62525. Another incredibly easy way to do this is simply um, go to the ZachDrewShow.com. ZachDrewShow.com. Remember, that's Z-A-C-H, not Z-A-C-K. Not, not so ZachDrewShow.com. And click that bright orange donate button. Um, and get behind us. We really do need your help. Uh, we've been producing a lot of content, a lot of interviews. Uh, if, you're a if you're a member of the Paul Revere Club, you get sent to your email every month, the Paul Revere Report, which has a ton of content we send out and a brand new program that Josh is producing called the Peck Perspective. Let us get into today's content. I read a really encouraging article a few days ago and it was from the Illinois Family Institute and it's Gen Z is 74% more likely to homeschool. That's fascinating. It says members of generation Z are almost twice as likely as previous generations to want to educate their children at home according to explosive new polling data. An, ed an education technology company known as Age of Learning commissioned a survey of 1,100 parents and people hoping to become parents. Nearly half of Gen Z parents and aspiring parents said they were considering homeschooling their children. Half. And, and here's the thing. The oldest a Gen Zer can be right now is 24. It's 12 to 24. So the vast overwhelming majority of Gen Zers have not even had kids. And if they have, they're not even to the age to where they could homeschool. And that entire generation, this poll would suggest that 50% would either like, are going to homeschool their children or would, are considering homeschooling their children. That's incredible. By contrast, the same survey showed that just over one-third of millennial parents and those who hoped to be parents were homeschooling or considering it. Among Gen X, those born from the mid-60s to the early 80s, it was 20%. Unfortunately for existing homeschoolers who fought for decades to protect and expand educational liberty, I will say this um, about Gen Z. The Gen, Z, Z, the Gen Z respondents were far more likely than other generations to support government mandates on testing and subject matter in their homeschool, while they're homeschooling. And, I, and I'm not a fan of that. I think, that's, I think that is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but still, there is such a move, such a shift away from the government public school system that is, is wildly encouraging. So when asked why they were interested in homeschooling, the most common response at 66% was providing a safer environment. Other popular responses included flexible schedule, preventing toxic socialization, providing individualized instruction, and more. And it says that religious reasons were low on the list, which is very sad because one of the main things, my, my world, my conservative worldview is 100% derived from the Word of God. And, and conservative values are embedded in the Word. But what that means is that you don't actually have to be a Christian to be conservative. Um, whether they identify or not that the source of their conservative values come from the Word, 
apparently it doesn't matter for a lot of folks. But what then is seen is this, it also says a lot that even if you aren't a Christian, even if you, if you, the, it says here once again that religious re reasons were low on the list for half of Gen Zers wanting to homeschool and considering homeschooling their children was very low on the list, which shows that even if you aren't a Christian, people are starting to wake up. The blindfolds are starting to come off. The COVID hysteria caused many families who would never have considered home education uh, to look at it, the study authors said. And, and, and that's the thing, is that COVID, because so many parents had to start homeschooling their kids because you couldn't go to school, it exposed parents to the unbelievable failings of the public education system. It opened their eyes as well to what was taking place. And that is why there's been an insane increase in homeschooling since COVID. And I laugh at that because what the global elite were trying to achieve, there were some major backfires. And one of them, and one of them is they pulling their kids out of the public education system. And those that aren't doing that, many parents that aren't homeschooling but woke up are taking to their school board. They're, go, they're, 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 they're going to the school board meetings and they're lighting those things on fire. And I, and I appreciate that. It says, uh, the new data showing uh, surging interest in homeschooling comes as polls show public confidence in government schools has never been lower. Now, despite the endless pronouncements by the establishment that Generation Z would finally lead America forward into a brave new globalist world of big government, um, there are encouraging signs. Now, I think this is truly looking at the glass half full, but the article says these new numbers on homeschooling suggest Gen Z may actually help pave the way back to freedom. I think that is a very optimistic view because this is one factor of many. But like I said in the beginning of the show, get ready for a big fight. Be ready to defend your liberties. Be ready for a big fight against homeschooling in the next few years. It's going to be a national scene. Huge. This is the central focus, the number one focus of the Democrats to control future generations. Public schools and universities have become a cesspool for every vile thing. And the control they have and these teachers unions that are so evil and wicked. I mean, they really are. Uh, they're even, well, I'm not going to get into it, but I'll just say the control that they have over public education is nearly, it's nearly unimaginable. And people are pulling their kids out. Why? Because they're teaching horrible things. Horrible things. The, the schools today are teaching postmodern philosophy. That truth is fluid. It's ever-changing. It's experiential, right? There is no definitive absolute truths. They're pushing sexual deviance as early as kindergarten, uh, you know, uh, allowing to tr transition to a different sex without the parents' consent in several different states. You know, if you believe that capitalism is the best economic system, then, then you hate poor people. If you believe we should have closed borders, you are an evil elitist. 
If you are a Christian, you are a bigot. If you are white, you're racist. If you are a man, you're sexist. If you have traditional values on marriage, you're homophobic. If you love America, then you are the worst type of oppressor. Homeschooling numbers in the 1970s. In the 1970s, there was around 13,000 kids in America being homeschooled. 1980s, 200,000. 1990s, 1.5 million. 2010, 1.7. The 2020s were reaching nearly 5 million. This is incredible. You know, and, and, and just to talk about Illinois for just a moment, this, uh, did you know that only 35% of our students have basic English language competence in Illinois? And 24% have basic math skills? How is that not on the front page of like every newspaper? 65% of the kids in Illinois cannot read at grade level. And 1.4 million, 76% do not have math skills at grade level. So this is a national travesty. Meanwhile, teachers' proficiency statewide last year was rated at 97.2%. Children are failing, but the, my gosh, the teachers are doing an outstanding work. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, and apparently we were, we were talking, we were talking recently, Josh, that some idiotic liberal professors believe that parents today should have a license to be a parent. Oh man, yeah, just to show how absolutely insane this is. So I was reading an article yesterday from the <clears throat> Illinois Family Institute called "Government Should License Parents." argues academic. And this blew my mind. So a radical academic at the University of Colorado Boulder named Connor Kianpour wrote a paper titled, The Kids Aren't All Right, Expanding the Role of the State in Parenting. In it, he argues that parents should be required to obtain a license from the government and be screened for their views on homosexuality and other issues before being allowed to raise their own biological children. He says that parents need to have unquestioned support for sodomy and homosexuality as a prerequisite for being allowed to parent. He says, quote, strongly homophobic individuals are unfit to rear children, end quote. So he's saying that anyone who, th who he thinks is racist, sexist, or intolerant in any way should be prevented from having kids. The irony, of course, is that his words are inherently intolerant, proving himself to be a bigot against Christians, Muslims, Orthodox Jews, and billions of people worldwide who do not share his fringe views on homosexuality. He's also intolerant of people who might be affiliated with unnamed organizations that would give us give them reason to believe that uh, we are uh, uh, objectionably intolerant and therefore ineligible to be parents. Now, I'm sure what he means here is that anyone even remotely right-leaning. So in our day, if you're a moderate, if you're a moderate, or even if you're slightly left-leaning, you're still labeled far right. I mean, they're obsessed with that term, far right. So of course, this would mean only radical leftists get permission by the state to have kids. It's absolutely outrageous. More control, more government control. 
Big Pharma just made a shocking move to medicate kids without parental consent. Big Pharma is getting more aggressive with its tactics to gain control. Why? Because it's threatened by the increasing number of people who are becoming more aware of their ploys. Speaking on this subject is The Daily Wire's Candace Olson. In this article, she said, Big Pharma is answering that by passing legislation as to whether you should or should not have access to your children's medical records, decisions, and medicines. Carolina Care is the first of what I'm sure will be many instances to come of medical professionals deeming children as adults so parents lose access to their children's medical records. Carolina Care is a home delivery pharmacy service owned by Atrium Health and based out of North Carolina. But Carolina Care serves multiple states that have different laws pertaining to access to health information, which includes prescriptions. So they have sent out a notice to their clients because they are making a change, quote, to remain compliant with laws in all the state's Carolina Care services to ensure continued privacy of your child's prescription records. Privacy from whom? From you, the parent. Starting November 1st, children who are 12 to 17 years old must create new accounts on their website so they have access to their prescriptions and medications because their parents will no longer have access. That's correct. Parents cannot view or manage their children's prescriptions. Written in black and white on their notice read the following words, quote, the laws are intended to allow minors to receive prescription medication for sensitive issues without worrying about their how their parents may react. Now, while this is hard news to digest, it's news you need to be aware of, especially if you're a parent. Because while Carolina Care may only be in certain states now, it will be coming to a state near you. The fact is, the less control a government can ho have over a child, the better. Absolutely. And, and to really drive this point home, uh, there's a really tragic story, but it's important for everybody to know. And, and, it, and it illustrates how government makes a terrible parent. Absolutely, absolutely. And while you're while you're listening to this at home, this should outrage you. Uh, and the point isn't for shock value. It's to it's to remind all of us that we need to be engaged. We need to be voting. We need to be uh, letting our, our voices be heard. Sage Blair was being raised by her grandparents. Uh, and at the age of 14, she started questioning her gender identity. Her school encouraged her to start using a male name, male pronouns, and even the boys' restroom. Now, unfortunately, she was sexually harassed, and it was only then that her grandparents found out about her transgender identity. But believe it or not, this only gets worse. Sage ran away from home, then was sex trafficked across three states where she was continually raped. The FBI did locate her, but her grandparents were told they could not see her, but instead needed to appear in court for child oh abuse because they did not affirm Sage's new I I gender identity. While this was going on, Sage was put into a boys' facility where she was sexually assaulted again. 
It took more than two months for her grandparent for her grandparents to clear their names and regain custody. But when that happened, a defense attorney who actually coerced Sage to lie about her grandparents misgendering her appealed and kept her from going home. Days later, Sage disappeared again and was taken by another predator who severely abused her. When Sage was finally reunited with her grandparents, her grandmother took her to a behavioral health facility where they insisted on affirming Sage's male identity and pushing her to get a double mastectomy even though Sage no longer identified as a boy. It took nearly a year for Sage to return home, but she is now damaged beyond belief with nightmares, panic attacks, and can no longer attend school in person. So sadly, Sage's account is not as unique as we might think. This kind of thing is happening all across the country, and the only ones we know about are the ones that are reported on. The government will not police itself. They will not see this as a loss. They will not take accountability. They won't learn. It's up to us to use our voice and our votes to get these policies and any politicians supporting them out of the American government system, system in all forms. If we settle for anything less, we're just going to be cultivating a country full of tortured children like Sage who will never find hope in the system because the system is designed to abuse them. Exactly. And where did it all start? It started with the public education school system uh, indoctrinating her, letting her think that it's okay to be someone that uh, you're not, encouraging, encouraging mental illness to flourish. The government makes a terrible parent. And it's important for us to do whatever we can. What, what, you know, I do other things than, than just this show. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a part of a, a political, I don't get paid for it, but I, I'm a, I'm, I work with a very political group here in town. I do, the, I do the invocations every month at a meeting that's held at our conference center called uh, Restore Our Constitution. And I also do the invocations at, you know, some big like black tie fundraising events for Christian candidates running for office and the invocations at the annual uh, Lincoln Day dinners. Um, and I actually even just finished about two weeks ago getting enough signatures to be put on my local ballot in, in, in March. March, I think it's, voting is March 19th here. And to represent my district as a precinct committeeman. And, but this Tuesday, this last Tuesday at our monthly ROC meeting, we all signed a petition to be put on our ballot in our area asking voters to vote on whether parents should be informed in all of our school districts if a minor is seeking medical treatment of any kind, including to transition, that a parent must be notified. We've got to do whatever we can do. It's not enough just simply talking about it. And uh, to paraphrase someone that I respect greatly, Vadi Bakum, he basically said, don't ever expect for America to win this culture war while your kids are sitting in the public school system, okay? You can't. You won't. We won't. We can't win this culture war whenever our kids are sitting in, in our public education school system. You know, we have just um, a couple minutes left, 
And uh, just an unrelated article that I thought was interesting. Uh, and a lot of these unrelated articles that I, ha I have a lot at the bottom of many shows, they all go into the Paul Revere report. So that's one of the reasons why you need to sign up on our website. But here's an interesting um, article. Life expectancy for men in the U.S. falls to 73 years, six years less than for women per study. And, uh, you know, I'm not really going to do a huge deep dive into it. I just want you to know, want you to know that in 2019, the average male life expectancy in America was 78.8 in 2019. So once again, 78.8 in 2019. This year... 73.2. 73.2. What could have possibly been given to an entire population that would decrease the average life expectancy of men by 5.6 years? Come on. You know, and, and talking about um, the jab... I want to end, gosh, I only have three minutes. This is going to be a very, very quick study, okay? So I'm going to talk quickly because I'm going to try to get it in. Should we obey the governing authorities or should we not obey the governing authorities? Okay, that's a huge question that we need to deal with for, it would have been a great discussion for us to have before COVID. I was talking about this same study that I had done during COVID, but with the major things that are going to be coming upon the world in the next few years and the, man and the government mandates upon all of our lives, it's very important for us as Christians to be able to navigate it scripturally what to do. Do we obey governing authorities or should we not obey governing authorities? There's two sides of this. Some may say I'm to follow the laws of the land, which would be correct, okay, in, because it's scripture. Romans 13 verse 1 and 2 says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Okay? So basically, that scripture would suggest if a government is mandating it, then you do it. Because they're appointed by God and you'll be disobeying God. All right? But there is something in the scripture, okay? It's called the paradox. It's a, the, it's, there's a paradox in scripture, many of them. For in the same way, there will be... Uh, a time when our political leaders throughout the world will be forcing upon the population the mark of the beast. So then, are we to take the mark? You're, you should be screaming, no, of course not, never, never. Well, the government is mandating it. So if the scriptures say that we are not to take the mark of the beast, but in Romans chapter 13, verse 2, it says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, that is a paradox within scripture. So how do you handle it? You know, and just so you know, the, the you won't without the mark, you won't be able to buy or sell anything. That's Revelations 14, Revelation 14, verses 9 and 10. So do I obey them or not to obey them? Here's a few more paradoxes uh, within the scripture. Malachi 3:10 says, Test me in this way. That is God saying, Test me in this way. Luke 4, verse 12 says, Do not test the Lord your God. Well, which is it? Matthew 7.1 says, do not judge. John 7.24 says, judge according to righteous judgment. This has always been an interesting one because in Proverbs 26, chapter 26, verse 5, it says, answer a fool. The very next verse, 26, 
or one, the one right before 26.4, right? Says, don't answer a fool. So answer a fool or don't answer a fool. Test God or don't test God. Judge or do not judge. Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego not bowing to, the, to King Nebuchadnezzar's statue. Or Daniel defying King Darius' orders not to pray to any other God for 30 days. They defied it. In Romans chapter 13, verse 1 through 4, I'm just going to do verse 3, because there is a criteria for the rulers we are to subject ourselves to. Rulers who are not a terror to good works. Now, I understand that's very subjective, and that is whenever the main line that I need to say here is this. We have to have the guiding of the Holy Spirit in the days to come to know which way to go. Is it a time to subject ourselves to government? Is it a time to rebel? And how do we know that? When do we know the time? If what is being asked, asked of you violates the law of God and what he has committed his church to do, then you follow God's laws and not man's. A great example is during COVID, the government said you can't go to church. Uh, the scriptures say forsake not the meeting of together, and even more so. So whenever like, as you see the day approaching. So basically it's saying, even as these end times, these horrible, the pestilence, the, the wars, the, 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 the rumors of wars, the earthquakes, as these things are increasing and increasing and increasing, it's saying, forsake not the meeting together, and even more so in that time. So when you say you can't meet at church, we are commanded to meet with the body of Christ to fellowship. When they say you cannot sing at church, well, Ephesians 5.19 says, Paul gives a direct command to the church, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. In these days coming, and once again, I start off with simply saying, some people are like, well, the government's saying to take the jab. Well, the government's saying I can't go to church. 2019, the average life expectancy for a man was 78.8. And what's the number now? Was it 78.8 2019? Now it's 73.2. We have to have the guidance of the Holy Spirit in these days to know which way to go. And, I'll, and once again, I'm out of time. So I'll just finish with this saying it, being, reminding you again. If what is being asked of you violates the law of God and what he has commanded his church to do, then you follow God's law, not man's not the government. I love you guys. Oh, once again, we have raised $868 of the $40,000 we have to raise before the end of the year. I'm getting nervous and I need your help to continue staying on the air. If we don't raise it, we will be going off of the air and we'll just, we'll, we will just be a social media uh, show. So please get involved. All the things are on the screen on how to donate. Just ZachDrewShow.com is the easiest one. ZachDrewShow.com, click the bright orange donate button. Please get involved today. We'll see you next week.